1: prize picks will match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars just visit prizepicks.com play 100 and use code play 100 that's code play 100 at prizepicks.com play 100 for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy
2: fair play and fair value It's what playing at William Hill is all about. William Hill. It's who you play with. Gamble responsibly.
1: Hello, this is international football commentator Derek Ray, and you're listening to the Ranks FC podcast.
0: Rank squad and welcome to Ranks FC, your favourite football podcast back for another week. My name is Jack Collins and I will be your host today. Joining me, Mr. Dean Jones.
3: Hello mate. Hello
0: mate. And Mr. Tai. Hello. Hello, how are we doing? I'm doing yeah. a great weekend of football boys. It
3: was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Um, Classic, I was a bit wet, but it was a good game. <laughs> a little what madness. There? A little was bit
2: I enjoyed that a lot. Did you all like, see the incredible dad energy on Dean's post Classico tweet? It was so fun. funny. It's so funny. He doesn't even care about the uh, what happened to the game. He's what he's really worried about is all those players down there shivering. There's gonna be a lot of colds in the morning.
3: It isn't very often you see a player actually shivering on a football pitch in the middle of like the most intense game of the season, though, is it? Like it was quite mad.
2: Yeah. It was a bit it odd, yeah. Bit it was odd. very strange to see, particularly in, in, like, in Madrid. Yeah, like, exactly. I don't, I don't know if Madrid's a particularly rainy city. I mean, I'm not, I've am not. i not been there, but it doesn't strike me as the kind of place that
3: would just have a monsoon appear out of nowhere.
2: Yeah, no. it's in the middle, we,
0: isn't it? It's in the middle of the mainland. We, so. we at least
3: know how Messi would, would deal with Stoke now, don't we? He would badly be cold, yeah. Would yeah. Be, he would not like it. No?
0: Yeah. Probably not. Probably That's that
3: right. Real League move off. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Transfer Insider. Exactly. Transfer Insider Dean Jones with the insight we ever need, as usual. Right, should we start with things we love? And DJ, do you want to kick us off?
3: Yeah, I thought we'd talk about the title race in La Liga. (laughs) (laughs) It's in the bag, isn't it, Jack? Atletico Madrid. I'm not really talking about that, but um, I had to throw it out there. Uh, How are you feeling about it, Jack? Atletico Madrid famously got the title wrapped up. They're now one point ahead of Real Madrid, who are one point ahead of Barcelona.
0: Don't know what you're all worried about. One point clear, eight wins, and i 30 win the league. Crackle.
3: Okay. 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 We'll come back to that next week. Um, <laughs> my my actual thing I love is Sergio Aguero. Um, looking at his next move, obviously, he's going to be a free agent, gonna leave Man City. And well, there's offers in the Premier League that he didn't think he'd be getting. And one of the most intriguing ones to me is Leeds United. Leeds United and Sergio Aguero's. You didn't expect these these two things to come together, but the rumors there, the links there. And I'm told it's not quite as ridiculous as it sounds. And that like part of Aguero would be tempted for something like that. Like there are there are a couple of things to think about. Like Bielsa, like, yep, yeah, you can see that. Um, the idea that when he does make this next transfer, he doesn't want to sit on the bench. He doesn't want to it, like the, the one thing that puts him off going to PSG, Barcelona, Chelsea, um, is you know there is definitely potential that he's going to spend a lot of his time as sub again, and I don't. I think he's had a bit sick of the last year being sat on the bench. So the potential to become part of an exciting project, if you like, um, at Leeds might not be that ridiculous. And another thing that I heard about Leeds is that as they transition from here, is that Bielsa wants them to make tweaks. Now that means he doesn't have to play this style of football. For another season, another season. Like he has to, they have to move on from this a little bit. And the way they do that is by upgrading certain positions and having new options in certain positions. So look, they'll still have Bamford, but to have Aguero as another option <laughs> would be really nice. You've seen that they're linked with Adama Traore. They're going to be linked with some big players going forward. Independiente are still there with an offer to take Aguero back to Argentina. And that's pretty much been his plan to go back to his boyhood club yeah sorry um, if he doesn't do that I feel like I've been lied to for like well, he might five still do years that. he might do that later he could still do that couldn't he like he's not that old um <laughs> so I think I just don't think he thought that there would be this kind of interest in him at this stage I, I think it's just all a bit more intriguing than he, than he thought perhaps it might be I mean lads what do you reckon like Aguero playing for Leeds under Bielsa next season at least one thing look Like both club, Man City and Leeds, both hate Man United. So Man City fans would be happy if nothing else. I think it sounds awful. Do you? I think he might break in half. In pre-season,
0: <laughs> I am but slightly I concerned by the concept of Aguero with his injury history playing murder ball on a Wednesday afternoon.
3: But I don't I think this is the whole idea. They don't want to play that style of football. They can't that play that style of football forever and ever and ever.
0: Strike and ever. me as what Bielsa will do. Like that he's played that style of football everywhere he's gone. Yeah, it's been a success story. He has a Leeds United squad, which frankly is unbelievably overperforming given the depth of that squad that they have. Um, And he has them comfortable in the Premier League. I just can't see him being like, I want to move away from this. It's working.
3: Well, I think he was going to move away from it permanently. Like, I just think you have to have other options up your sleeve. Like, this... I'm just wary that
0: Aguero... Look, Aguero has remoulded himself. And when Pep came in, everyone was like, he can't do what Pep wants, right? And he remoulded himself and proved himself as invaluable as ever under Pep. So I'm not here saying that Aguero couldn't remodel himself to fit a system. I am just wary, though, if he became an aggressive pressing forward in the way that Bielsa has wanted for for so long, that he might break. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I like I like the idea. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I, like I, him, just, I just I think like I like the idea Atleti. anyway.
0: Back to like, Atletico with Suarez. Imagine mm. that as a front two, Aguero and Suarez. Oh, I geez. don't
3: I just hope he doesn't I would I think I like the idea that he doesn't go to a massive club like a Leeds are actually a really big club, but like doesn't go to a PSG or a Barcelona or a Chelsea. I do a like Fubre the club. idea that yeah, yeah, I like the idea that he goes to a team like Leeds I think. Like that be. Imagine him at Fulham. Betis, Betis, (laughs) Granada.
0: Imagine him at (laughs) Fulham.
3: Let's see him really test himself. he Doesn't want
0: to play in the Championship, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway,
3: that's enough of my thing. I love.
0: Right. That
2: would be that would be under things I hate. For (laughs) what it's worth. What have you got, Sam? Well, this is easy this week. The thing I love is our brand new Discord channel. So we've launched a Ranks FC Discord for our patrons. And in the space of a couple of days, it has developed into a genuinely amazing place. So this is my sales pitch to you to to come and join us. But like the idea was that we would try and bring the listeners of ranks together to try and form a football community. And like we've managed to do that a little bit on Patreon, but ultimately something a bit more close knit and something a bit more personal and constant was needed and that's what the patrons have been asking for so finally after like 5 months uh, we managed to put it together and look the community it's... element has really formed out it's 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 wonderful look we talk about the podcast we talk about football we watch games together but then there were like separate rooms for music for NFL NBA uh FIFA Ultra, FIFA 21 ultimate team like advice you've got football manager challenges you've got people in there some of some of our listeners all like banding together and basically taking part in in mini football manager challenges together you've got war zone clips there seems to be an unbelievable amount of streamers out there does everybody stream at this point i I think so yeah i don't know but then there's a whole room dedicated to australia because it is very strange and it needs its own kind of treatment and the a-league tweets from real a-league memes get automatically dumped in there so we can take a look at what's happening on fox's broadcasts anyway there's more than 250 people in there now and it's been going for five days so really happy to see so many people in there it's become really really vibrant and i would recommend that you join the community and all you have to do that is to basically support the show and and join the community by basically becoming a patron so if you if you have always been wondering if it's worth it or if you fancy doing it then this is just another reason to consider pulling the trigger
0: yeah yeah it's fun i have my own room it's great (laughs) my um, room called the palace and everyone hangs out and, and has fun and chats about weird things. It's uh, it's a phenomenal, enjoyable place. It was I mean, good. It like me happy.
3: The classico was good. Like we had a we had a little match thread and uh, everyone went into there to, to talk through the game. And it was just cool. Like you know, a lot of people are stuck with nobody to chat to about these things. And actually, my mates don't even care about the Classico. So it was nice to just have to bounce things off of people like, while well, the game's going on and, you know, chuck a few pictures in there. Um, there I was, sat there with my glass of red watching the game. Um, Sam, you were in there for a bit, weren't you? Um, I spent most of the last four days in that chat. Yeah, you actually have, yeah. <laughs> Not as much time as Louis, though. He hasn't no. left it.
2: No, he hasn't, no.
3: no There's one best. patron who genuinely seems to have given up his life outside of Discord. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's, it's a hustle I respect. let's play, come and join us. We, we do love that It's fun, it's fun. Uh, I'm gonna move us on to the thing I love, which is uh, the relegation scrap in Portugal. Oh, come on! I have tweeted about this at the weekend. Um, but it is a pure chaos at the bottom of the primeira Um, the entire bottom half from Porto Menenge in ninth to Nacional in 18th has an eight point gap with eight points to eight games to go. So Sportsman are looking currently at the seventh spot, which is six six points above them, and going, hmm, European tour? And yet, <laughs> they could also be relegated in six weeks' time. And, and that, for me, is the definition of an absolutely mad league. And it has been this year. It has been chaos in the pretty major for everyone, apart from Sporting, who haven't lost a game. Um, and every the rest of it has just been, you know, frankly, Un- unscriptable. It's been very difficult to see what's going on. The game at the weekend uh, between Boavista and Rio Ave was like absolutely ridiculous two red cards and own goal a Fabio Contral equalizer in the Ooh. 94th minute. Um it, it just had absolutely everything. And at the moment it just feels like the the entirety of the Primeira is involved in in this big relegation battle. You know, even the teams who are away from it, even the teams like sporting are dropping points at the moment to teams in this mix and it all just feels like really really chaotic and fun. So that's my pitch. If you can, towards the end of the season with eight games to go, the most exciting thing happening in European football <laughs> is the relegation scrap at the bottom of the Portuguese <laughs> Primeira. Yeah.
2: yeah. You yep. said that yeah. in a Champions League week.
0: Yeah, I did. Yeah. This is, this is it. This is, the, Fair this play is to drama. You. This is drama. Um, okay. Right. And with that, have to check it out. Move move things (laughs) on. Right. After the break, we are going to be talking about breakouts the players who have made 2020 21 their breakout season. See you in a minute. Welcome back to Ranks FC, where it's time to look at those players who have broken out. Sam Ty, the Rank God, over to you.
2: Yeah, another tough one. As I always say, so get that disclaimer in nice and early, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's five breakout stars and, and uh, it, it's players that have truly come to prominence this season, have gone from relatively nothing or little to we have no choice but to talk about their impact this season. They've really forced themselves upon you and, and sort of building their own narrative. So something we absolutely love. Uh, the long list was at least 15. And <laughs> I've been talking to Dean about this the day before and we were like, "Oh God, what about this guy? Oh, what about this guy? Oh, what about this guy?" And I forever live in fear that I've forgotten someone major. But you'll be able to tell me at the end of the ranking, won't you, Jack? I hope so. Let's start at number five: Emil Smith Rowe at Arsenal. Okay. Now he did have some first-team exposure before this season. He played sparingly in a couple of Europa League campaigns, and he he did end last season on loan at Huddersfield. So right, he's got some he's got some footballing pedigree, and a lot of the players on this list hire higher than him have come from basically nothing Mm. but i can't really ignore the fact that emil smith rowe went from like somebody that a lot of people a lot of people just genuinely probably wouldn't have heard of to the answer to arsenal's problems in the space of about three months and some of that was circumstantial the fact that they were playing such stodgy and, and turgid football and the fact that he has a beautiful simplicity to his game and the fact that he just he's just Tends to quicken up play by passing and moving and and moving on. Pass, move and move on. He does things very simply. A couple of touches, maybe one touch. Just just brings a bit of speed to to the play. And what Arsenal really needed before Christmas was someone to quicken up the tempo of their game because they were so boring and risk-free to watch. And he just happened to be the guy in the moment that was able to do that. So he did benefit a little bit from that. Uh, People went a little bit overboard. Martin Tyler... Okay, with some of the nicknames that we were giving him. However, however, one
0: nickname. Let's be. Let's have this right. Like it was only one nickname, nickname. (laughs) and he used it a lot. He did use it a little. Remind
3: everyone what it was.
0: I don't want to say it. The Croydon De Bruyne. Yeah. Mm.
3: And I read a piece saying that some of the Arsenal players have started calling him it.
0: It's also not that good. It doesn't make that much sense. And it doesn't like alliterate. It's not like the Ealing Eusebio for Bakayo mm. Saka, which is a brilliant nickname. It's like, doesn't really work. No. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't work on many, many levels. I don't
2: like it at all, particularly since he doesn't really play like Kevin De Bruyne or either. Yeah. Uh, there are, there, there are <laughs> definitely elements of like a uh, sort of Grealish to him with the sort of the way he pushes the ball forward and he drives quite powerfully, but can also play it quite simply as well. It's got really like, he's really nifty in tight spaces as well. He can play as the 10, he can play off the left wing. Mm-hmm. And there, there are some similarities that also wears very low socks. You could have so, called him the
0: Greenwich Grealish. That would have yeah, been a better
2: nickname. That would have yeah. been a better nickname. Yeah. So we'll go with that one. But anyway, there was a little bit, people went a little bit overboard there, but Smith Rowe was a very good answer at the time and has over the course of the season, I think proven himself as a very deserving member of, of the Arsenal first team squad and a very, very bright prospect. And he's got he's only at number five because the transition for him was a bit softer. We'd seen a little bit of him in the Europa League. We'd seen him go on loan to the football league and play pretty consistently. So like he wasn't completely out of nowhere. But the impact and the steps forward that he has made, I've been I've been super impressed with. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think it's fair. Like it's hard. It's well, I know it was hard for you to break this list down because you're trying to exactly remember like when is their breakout classed as and mm. there are so many players in the Europe that you've got to quickly cast your eye across in the, you know across a, a few hours and it's impossible but I was thinking about it in Smith Rowe like a year ago would I have known what he looked like probably not to be honest and <laughs> that's this kind is, of how I'd class this is breakouts. the Dean Jones
2: litmus <laughs> test
3: yeah would I have known much about their playing style or what they looked like no, I wouldn't have. So I think it counts. And 100%. But like he's now in my fantasy team and he's been in there for weeks. Like he's just like, even though he's not been playing, he's he's like a squad player because I know the impact he can have. And there was that spell he went through where he was, I don't know how many games in a row he started, but it seemed like he was nailed on as part of the team, wasn't it?
1: Oh,
2: only because of injury recently and a little bit of maybe when Odegaard came in. That he's, that he's all, gone out of it, yeah.
3: Then he got moved to the wing
2: because mm. he was at the 10 then he got moved to the wing. So like, so yeah,
0: it, it's still, he
2: still, he
0: still starts when he can, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you weren't there, Dean, when Emil Smith tore Fulham a new one at the cottage. We won the game. We were three it up and yeah. cruising, and he just absolutely tore us apart for forty-five minutes. And we were very, very lucky to hang on to win that game. Yeah. Um, but it was one of those where I was like, "Oh, this is really stressful." And he was really, really. Good. Was that for Huddersfield? Yeah. Right. Okay.
3: Yeah, it's um yeah he's such a good player and i'm i'm just looking now at like what arsenal RB leipzig huddersfield he's only 20 like that's that's his senior career so far like that's <laughs> what it's looking like he's like gone out on loan to leipzig and huddersfield and now he's back at arsenal He's in the under 21 setup 20 years old um he's certainly he didn't been played at leipzig did he at all no no you look, i think three he got appearances injured in total yeah i think he exactly. got injured so again it's this is a bit of a slow burner for him uh but here and he that is. should have been his breakout, I imagine, even though it was like well, he was only 18. Um, mm. you know, you're thinking, well, that's that's it, that's gonna be his moment. I'm sure Arsenal thought that he would have done really well there. Mm. Um, you know, takes a, a less risky one and go, goes to Huddersfield the next time around. But they won't be letting him out on loan anymore, will they? No, no probably, not.
2: It. probably not.
1: Probably
0: not. All right. He used that's the Europa League as his platform. True. Um, that's I, true, that's true. I got to talk about this on the show this week, so I'm gonna use it but it was one of those where you look at a lot of Arsenal's youngsters and they got opportunities in the Europa League and Smith Rowe was the one that stands out and goes, no, 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 no. I shouldn't just be playing in the Europa League. I should be playing week in week out. Like I'm mm-hmm. incredibly important. And he used that platform. And you know, one of the things we talk about in the UEL is how much it allows youth to break out, how much it gives a platform for people to to use the springboard to, you know, announce themselves on a the stage and Smith absolutely took that opportunity, wasn't being given minutes in the Premier League. He came into the Europa League squad and made himself undroppable. And I think Mm -hmm. that's incredibly impressive.
2: Mm,
0: Yeah, that's true.
3: That's true. And that's what that competition is so good for. Right. You get you get a chance because teams always rotate. And if you take a chance, then you end up in the Premier League team.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Right, Sam, who's it for?
3: Okay, another Premier League contender and this is the final one
2: so five and four are from the premier league and then we'll move uh, slightly further afield but uh, number four i've actually gone for elan melier leeds goalkeeper hmm. and this is because well <laughs> i think he's got his day de- he got his debut against arsenal in the fa cup last season and by that i mean that's a, like a long time ago and then kiko Kasia who was leeds goalkeeper at the time got an eight game ban for using racist language and leeds had to turn to their number two and it happened to be Melier at the time, I guess, a 20-year-old or maybe even 19-year-old French goalkeeper that not many, very many people knew much about, but he gets 10 games in the championship and he plays out the kind of run to the title. And it's all a bit, OK, fine, that that worked. But what are you going to do when it comes to the Premier League? You've got a guy who is very young. He's made 10 appearances. You've got a very experienced player in Kiko Casilla, who used to play for Real Madrid. And had been their starting goalkeeper for a couple of years before that. And you ask the question, well, what are you going to do? And, and Bielsa goes for, he goes for Melier. He sticks him in. And I remember again, Dean, to sort of hop onto your your fantasy football argument, a lot of people putting Melier into their team, not 100% sure he was going to play, yeah. but thinking, well, it's a cheap goalkeeper. He'll be under siege. It's worth, the, worth the, the cheap price. And look, all of that was true. He has been under siege. Playing goalkeeper for a Bielsa team is different... It's a different world completely. And he's a young man. He has made a couple of mistakes through the season. But by and large, I think he's been pretty close to team of the season caliber, to be to be quite honest with you. I think we could probably only definitely say that Emi Martinez has been has been 100% like he's been better than Melier. I can't make that argument for many more goalkeepers. He's been busy, but he's been very commanding. And unruffled, I guess, is probably the way i describe it. It just doesn't seem to care or be bothered by anything going on around him. There's there's chaos happening five feet from him. There's people diving around. There's balls being given away in a build-up play. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't phase doesn't him at all. And some of the saves he makes, and again, sorry boys, but all these players have done really well against Fulham. <laughs> But the, the, the save that he made in your narrow loss to, to Leeds recently, or a couple of saves really, but it was one in particular super powerful shot that he managed to just bat away at a really, really critical time. I was like, Jesus, this guy, incredible, yeah, incredible player, an incredible breakthrough really over the course of the season to yeah. go from like, don't know really who he is, might not start to France under 21 squad and potential team of the season.
0: Yeah, yeah. long term heir to Loris, I think a lot of people are saying that, that's yeah. that's how that's how quickly his star has risen. Yeah, mm. I think as young goalkeepers, I think he and he and Donnarumma
2: are the only two really that can really look each other in the eye and be like, "Yeah, we're doing the business." Like really, hundred percent doing the business.
3: You think we well, like with a twenty-one-year-old goalkeeper? Like confidence is obviously something you you don't know how they're going to deal with with situations. And with him, like he had the toughest start because they were beaten. by Liverpool, first game of the season. Second game of the season, they beat Fulham 4-3. So he's conceded seven goals in his first two games. And you're like, one, this is carnage. Two, I'm going to keep watching because this is great. (laughs) Um, And then from there, like, it just cleaned up, cleaned things up totally and conceded like two goals, I think, in his next four games. And it seems to be a pattern. Like, you can always bounce back. You look when they lost 6-2 to Man United. next game, Beat Burnley one 0 and then beat West Brom five 0 and you're like, okay, we don't have to worry about this guy. Like things don't things don't play on his mind. Um, and like you say, his, his shot stopping at times is is superb. And yeah, absolutely a breakout star. Somebody I wouldn't have known a year ago. You know, obviously you see him come in at Leeds at the back end of the season and get his chance, but you just presume it's going to be a fad and he plays a few games and then he's back out again and and you potentially don't hear of him. Um, Absolutely not the case. And we'll see if he, if he becomes the French goalkeeper, then, wow, what a breakout has been.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, the first keeper under the age of 21 to record eight or more clean sheets in the Premier League season. There you go. Yeah, because he's got nine clean that. sheets this season, oh,
3: 30 games. Good. And that's for a team that I tipped to go down. So cheers.
2: A team that I don't think any of us really expected to keep this many clean sheets. Like they just, they can't, they can be like, they can implode. Like, yeah. I'm going to be wrong. But they can also put together two, three game stretches, as you as you guys have described, where they just don't really concede any goals. Yeah, and it's 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 definitely down to to at least partially to him. It's it's not that defense keeping keeping teams out. It's it's him saving the day.
3: Totally. Yeah, I agree with that.
0: Absolutely, a hundred percent. And that nice, nicely takes us, Sam, um, into three. Okay,
2: into three. It's Silas Wamangituka. Here he Wee. is. Dean, Dean is
0: over the moon. Dean is screaming. <laughs>
2: I am very happy he's made it. <laughs> Look, I mean again, a distinction. He actually had two and a half seasons of senior football under his belt by the time he 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 basically started to play in the Bundesliga this season because he played last season in the Zweite Bundesliga, the second division, and he played a full season for Paris FC in Ligue 2 as well. So this wasn't a player making his first steps into senior football. But again, if we talk about breakouts and we go from kind of zero to hero or zero to, to, to nothing, and whether Dean could pick him out of a lineup versus... Dean singing about him every week. I mean, Wamangatuka has been a breakout star of the season. He's being talked about in glowing terms. And I guess this is where you have to kind of come in and preface the conversation with the really sad reality that on March 20, he tore his ACL. So he's out of action for the rest of the season, if not the whole of 2021. And that's super sad because he is a, he's a joy to watch. He's Incredible, and I have to credit Dean here for bringing him to the ranks FC table first. And to enchant Dean, you know he's typically a very grouchy old man nowadays. You do have to have something a little bit special in your boots, and Romangatuka, this season, 11 goals, 4 assists, 59 players dribble past, and 4 nutmegs in 25 games in your first season in the top tier anywhere is quite some going at 21, and it definitely, for me, counts as a breakout and i'll give it to dean to, to to
3: gush over him a little bit more i can't remember exactly why or when i i first watched him play but he was just ridiculous to be honest like he w- you're watching this guy and it, it's one of those players where you can't t- tell whether they are like abubica kamara and have absolutely no idea what they're actually trying to do or whether they are like the next ronaldo because what they're doing <laughs> is coming off and looks absolutely wonderful um and his goal scoring rate started to get impressive. And I remember, I think they, they were about to play Dortmund and Dortmund weren't doing great. And I remember we'd highlighted it on Patreon and in, in the newsletter, like, watch the Dortmund game at the weekend, but not for the reasons you normally might, but to watch Silas Tuka. Like, this guy might be a bit special. He scored two in that game. Um, they, they beat Dortmund 5-1. Yeah.
0: Um,
3: he got, yeah, two goals and an assist in that game. And he, and he was brilliant. And it's it's on games like that where you're like, okay, yeah, this is it. Let, let's let's keep an eye on him from here. Like we, we've seen players like this before break through, and it's often not a fluke that they can do things like that. And it was such a shame that he got injured, like gutted for him, because he would have been potentially the young player in the league, best young player in the league. Um, and that's saying a lot because that's a that's a league where you go to make your name and you compete with people like Jude Bellingham for that, yeah. for that prize. Um, excited yeah. to see what happens with him, really. Hopefully he can overcome an injury like that because that is serious injury for somebody who's particularly with his style of play because um, he's so excited on the board. Look, he goes missing, don't get me wrong. like There'll be large spells of a game where you forget he's actually playing. They might see him for 20, 25 minutes, but then suddenly there'll be a breakaway and he is gone and he's running at you and you're terrified. Yeah, for those that actually haven't seen him play, we're
2: talking about a six foot two rapid dribbler like really fleet of foot and he goes on these really long mazy runs and he often takes the long way around as well like he, he knocks it around a player and like a bit sort of gareth bale in the copper where he sort of like ends up running about 20 extra yards and he has to <laughs> but he's beaten two more players and he slots it home and like he takes a mean penalty as well that has to be said uh two or three of his goals have come from penalties he does, and he's, he he's very very good from the spot And I was looking at his metrics on FB ref and his it's really funny because his attacking metrics like almost all of them are in the 99th percentile across Europe. So goals per game, XG, assist, shot creating actions, dribbles, touches and progressive passes received. But he's in the 99th percentile across Europe for all of those. He's in the first percentile for passes completed. Mm. He doesn't really get that involved in the build up play. I think he's averaging like. 17 passes a game with a 70% completion rate. So he's not a player that you're getting involved in the intrinsic build-up play. You give it to him and he runs 60 yards or you give it to him in the box and he finishes it for you. But yeah. either way, he's almost always doing something that brings you to the edge of your seat. Totally. And the injury means he stays at Stuttgart. So it's, it's, it, in a strange way, it's kind of like, it's good for Stuttgart because it kind of felt like he was destined to move on this summer as a result of, of what he'd been doing. I just really hope that the ACL Ted doesn't, doesn't hit his top speed too much and he can continue to be electric over those longer distances and very quick out of the breaks as well, because that's a big part of how he plays.
0: I think that's it, isn't it? And you, you say there that there's a point that Stuttgart actually potentially long-term beneficiaries from this injury, even though it's a horrible thing to see and a horrible thing to say, in that we were talking about him going to Dortmund as a potential replacement for like a Jadon Sancho for for an Erling Haaland for someone to to slot into that front line and uh, and really like add some electricity into Dortmund's attack and now with this ACL tear the chances of him moving this summer are almost nil you know that he's just not going to be going anywhere and while that is you know it's desperately sad for someone to 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 fall out of contention in the season when they were having such a brilliant campaign over the longer term, might be a good thing for Stuttgart in that they will bring him back next season, and he, you know, they'll get another season of of seeing him play. So, so there are yep. know, positive silver linings in the clouds, should we say? And with that, we should probably move on to two.
2: Yeah, okay, number two, I've gone for Jamal Musiala, nice at Bayern Munich. Um, nearly forgot this one, didn't I, Dean?
3: Did nearly forget it? You were like, uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: just remembered I, a couple and i do wonder i do wonder if um the personal heartache that i feel from this is 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 clouding it and was was obscuring him from my vision when i was putting this list together because we lost the battle for jamal Musiala, didn't we we lost him mm-hmm. we lost him to germany he's declared for germany and he's got his first couple of senior international caps over the course of the season, and we're talking about true breakouts, this is a 17 year old kid who looks, he looks, he's the build of an, a, an actual kid, like a school child. But he's so good on the ball. He's so good, so advanced in terms of his decision making on the pitch that he gets thrust into senior football at 17 years of age. Back end of last season, he gets his first minutes for Bayern Munich, sets a record. Then this season, he's starting Champions League games, he's scoring in Champions League games, he starts to get into the Bayern team. On the weekend, sometimes when they're rotating their team, and then there's a tug of war for him internationally. Then he gets his first couple of caps for Jürgen Loves Germany, and you're like, this guy, it's just done his GCSEs or equivalent of. <laughs> this is this is a proper breakout. Yeah. yeah. Look, we we talked a lot about Musiala on this podcast with Chris Richards and independently, so we don't need to go over all of that ground again. But high IQ footballer, really slithery, snaky. As uh, as Chris Richards labels him, jinking in between challenges, long range shots, good passes, clever play, good like shimmy ability in between the lines. I think he can play eight or ten. I guess you could probably play wide, but ultimately, like Germany are onto a bit of a winner here because they've got like Kimmich, they've got Goretzka, and they've got Musiala, all playing for them, all playing for Bayern, forming this triangle, and it's like, oh, that's what. That's the bedrock of a national team. And it's playing together every day at Bayern Munich. It's, so, it's such a fortunate position to be in. When they get a new coach,
0: they're going to be so good. And when, <laughs> yeah, and when Hansi Flick takes over the German national team, he's going <laughs> to know all about this. And worth probably reminding ourselves quickly what Chris Richards said about Jamal.
3: So Jamal, of course, he's 17. You know, he's, he's still very young, but his technical ability is amazing. He's so good with his
0: feet. Even though he's not the biggest guy, you don't ever see him really get bodied off the ball. Um, he kind of just like slithers like a snake. We call him like a little snake because that's just what he does on the field. He's, he's pretty deceptively fast or quick, I think is what I'd say. I don't want to gas him up too much, but um, he's definitely quick on and or on and off the ball. And he's just
2: a smart player. He somehow just makes it work. His last year, he went from U17, U19, uh,
0: the reserve side to the first team on one year. And then we are like, oh, you know, like, he's good, but is he physically good enough? And then at every level, he just got better and better. And we're like, yeah, he's ready. If you didn't listen to that interview with Chris Richards, it is worth going back and having a listen to. Down the old archives. Have a little scroll and find it, because we talked about some brilliant stuff with him. But that was his thoughts on Jamal. And, and Dean, I know that, I mean, you've been impressed with this kid very, very recently.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, when you two started talking about him, i got to admit I'd barely seen him, and didn't know a lot, a lot about him, but... um you know your stuff, so I always keep them there in the back of my mind as long as I can remember their name. I um, Backhanded compliment. <laughs> anyway, um, it was funny at the weekend. I just flicked over, and and the Bayern game was on in between other games that I was watching against Union Berlin, and uh, just watching it. And, and Musiala was playing, and he scored. And the way he took the goal was so so good. Like the ball falls to him, like around the penalty spot and he's got three defenders around him and the goalkeeper, and it looks kind of like he's stuck, and you're like, he's going to just, most players would probably try and just like poke the ball out from their feet, or just have like a first time shot, or something like that, or possibly even looks to a pass to Sané, who was about six yards to his right, but Musiala does this like step over slalom movement, and he's, guides quickly in between the three players and slots it away it was absolutely ridiculous and as soon as you see something like that you're like that's it like that's the player that that's the real deal because most people aren't going to be attempting that and the confidence to do that less
0: pulling it off
3: and pulling it off and scoring and just wheeling away and you can see his teammates were so happy for him and it's so exciting and sure as professional footballers when you're part of a player's breakout and you're seeing it in front of your eyes. Like in training, you obviously see loads and loads of talent come and join in your first team training sessions. But then there are the ones that stand out as being as good as the players you're already playing with, possibly even better. Musiala is one of those.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Sam referenced it, but but England have lost lost a good one there. And yeah, I was never that
3: confident. I've got to be honest.
0: Well, I think it's it's really interesting, and we we talked about it very briefly on things. But when players go out of sight, they occasionally go out of mind. And I think that if that had been a player in the Premier League doing what Musiala had done, mm, yeah. if he had become the youngest Premier League goal scorer, if he had you know had all these moments where he was becoming Bayern's you know youngest ever goal scorer, all of these things where he you know, jumped out and these were huge records. If that had been a player in the Premier League, it would have been back page news. Yeah. As it was, no one was talking about it. And I, I find that absolutely bizarre that a player even illegible for England who had played in the Young Lions becoming Bayern's youngest ever goalscorer wasn't even talked about. And, and, and I look at that and I think, no wonder he declared for Germany. Like yeah. that's, that's yeah. what springs out to me. It's, it's
2: very tell you, English. I'll tell, you where, I'll tell you where we went wrong with this one. He was playing in the under-17s and under-18s category because he was that age. And we jumped him up to A.D. Boothroyd's under-21s for one international session. He made a couple of appearances, or one camp with A.D. Boothroyd in the under-21s, and he declared for Germany.
0: (laughs) I am not surprised. I don't want to read too much into that, but I'm going to read way too much into that. And, uh, (laughs) And on the back of that, Sam, I think we'll leave that there before we go into dangerous territory, and you can take us on to number one.
2: Okay, so number one, and of course... There's one player who, for me, is hugely deserving of this number one spot. And when I say his name, you're going to realise a couple of players that I've left out in the process, and we can get onto that afterwards. But for, to start with, let's give this man the spotlight that he deserves. Number one is Pedri.
0: Yes, thank you. Thank it you. has to be If, if it Pedri. hadn't been, I was about to like really kick off.
2: Yeah, it has to be. I mean, this kid starts the season as a 17-year-old, dropped into a crisis-hit Barcelona, and just asked to play in midfield and do everything. And he's like, yeah, cool, I'll do it. No worries. (laughs) It's like, are you you serious? Like, I'm genuinely like flabbergasted at what this kid does on a weekly basis, the amount of things that he does for the team. And look, Barcelona are a a much better unit than they are now, than they were back in the start of the season when they were frankly a little bit of a mess. So things are a bit easier now. But Pedri's been here the whole time. Like he started the Classico that they played back before Christmas. He was already a huge part of the team. At that point when they were playing a 4-2-3-1 and he was playing sometimes as a 6, sometimes as the 10, sometimes on the left wing, it didn't really matter where he was deployed. He's cool. He's calm. He makes great decisions on the ball almost all of the time. He passes really cleanly. He passes progressively. He can receive between the lines. He can receive under pressure. He's got this little shimmy and deceptive step. He's a really good presser as well. Like to have all of this wrapped up into one is at this age, he's now 18 is just kind of ridiculous. And he does everything in spite of a total lack of any physical traits whatsoever, apart from that standard little kind of burst you'd get from a, from a nifty midfielder because he's small, he's undersized. He's not fast. He's not strong. None of it matters because his technical level is absurd. His football IQ is through the roof and ultimately i guess what i'm describing to you is a very spanish midfielder someone who can just control a midfield no problem and for yeah. him to carve himself out this role of like absolute like one of the, not the first name on the team sheet obviously at barca that's messi but in the top 5 players that you would absolutely have starting any game pedri's in them he has to he has to play he has to start he's an automatic starter For him to get himself
3: into this position,
2: undroppable in a team challenging for a domestic double in Barcelona is is really quite something.
3: Yeah, like he doesn't panic, does he? And I think that that's the thing that's so admirable, because like you say, he was dropped into a crisis. And how do you remain calm when you're a teenager playing in the same team as Messi? At a time when there's no fans in the stadium, but you can actually feel them on your back because you know that how much pressure the club is under in that moment. And do you know what? I think he just is of a totally different class of player than we've talked about in this list so far. Like those are all very good players that we've talked about. Pedri is well, potentially you're you're in the Esther class, I think. Like that's that's literally how good. And look, Messi, you always see him making a point. Of going to congratulate Pedri when he does something good, you know they've they've had plenty of times when they've they've combined for goals and Pe- and Messi always goes over and and talks to him and congratulates him and I, and I think he appreciates having someone on his wavelength to be honest because there are plenty in that Barca team who aren't quite there and who have come into the team. And just even Griezmann, like there hasn't been that, that bond that you would have expected. And with Pedri, I think he's got more of that out of him than he has mm. other players they've signed. I had it with Fatty as well. They, it, yeah. Before Fatih suddenly got injured,
2: there was definitely a, a connectivity there. They they felt like they were on a similar level or a similar wavelength, as you say. And Pedri's another one. So it's actually quite easy to spot who's good at Barca, isn't it? Because you just watch Messi and see who he respects. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. true. And it's it's, it's true. really true. That's 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 a very good point. And Pedri and Ansu both have his, like his utmost respect mm-hmm. and they're both they're both 18
1: yeah it's
0: incredibly impressive that the the pedri out breakout or the, the pedri storyline this season has basically eclipsed loads of the other young stars at barcelona mm. and i think maybe that makes it even more special at this point last year we were talking extensively about how Ricky Pooge is the future. Now I still am a huge, huge Ricky Pooge fan, right? I think mm-hmm. he is an incredible footballer with so much to bring. And I think that one of Kerman's few missteps since Christmas, when Barso have been much better is that he still consistently refuses to give Pooge minutes. And mm. I think that is bizarre. And it is one of the things that really grates with a lot of people still, I think. And, you know, I've got an undying love for for the likes of Carlos Elena, but I, I don't think that one's going to come off now, unfortunately. I think that what that ship might have sailed. But you look further into this team. And I think if you looked at the start of the season, you looked at maybe a Trincao and you thought, yeah, OK you know Francisco Trincao might be someone who can come into this side and provide some things and he has done right you know mm. I don't think Trincao is right at the level yet but I still think there's a lot of growing to do there there's a lot of potential to be grown into I think he's still a phenomenal player and will have a say in this Barcelona team but Pedri has eclipsed all of it mm. and his emergence into this side has become the storyline of this season you know Ansu Fati is injured very sad and we were all like oh that's a real shame and and yet, part of you thinks, at least he's not Pedri. like, <laughs> and, and that's mad, considering where the levels that all of these players we thought were at. Elish Mariba has come into this side and been brilliant, you know, mostly off the bench, I will give you, but has, has made that step up into the first team. And we should be talking about that more, but Pedri. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> it's continual. It's a manager's dream. And I've tweeted something like this before, that, you know, at, at points he's linking up play with with joyous little flicks and tricks and attack. And at the other end, he's making goal line clearances. And, you know, you look at someone like, yeah, you talked about Messi, but also, after the PSG game, Kylian Mbappe sought Pedri out to swap shirts. Like... You, you mm. see the levels of this in the players and what they're looking for, and and I think that we're going to be talking about this kid for the next fifteen years.
3: Hope so, yeah. Hope so. Um, okay. I've said that about quite a lot of players, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be a bit more cautious.
2: <laughs> I think I think Jack's right here. I think so. uh, I think we're on the money. I think this is yeah. a different a different a very special
3: breed. Things will have to go badly wrong from and here. It,
2: it looks like if you you agree with my number one. that's always a good step. So yeah, it it's was good. Prob- Probably time to talk about. The, there's a couple honorable of honorable mentions. Well, I mean, look. So this is this is the exercise what is a breakout how long can a breakout last when when does it occur these are the questions you have to ask yourself when you start talking about these players and the two that i have left out that i was like i'm not sure about this one sam they both play for dortmund and i've ultimately decided to leave them out on technicalities and I, Mm -hmm. i do apologize to them both so first of all this jude bellingham who was put together a first season at top level as a 17 year old and he's been awesome. He's also been capped by England in the process. So there's shades of Musiala in there, but there's the, the, the performances have been even more consistent. Although he did have, obviously, a full season in the championship last season. Now that doesn't rule him out because Womangatuka well, had a couple of seasons in the second tier before he really broke out this season. I guess with Bellingham, my issue was that, did he break out in the championship? Was it when he was linked to Manchester United and when he joined Dortmund for 20 million after a season? And when you're trying to pick between really compelling storylines that's ultimately where I ended up leaving him off and I don't know if that was too harsh or not and then you've got Gio Reyna who has emerged as a starting presence in this Dortmund team this season and has struck up an amazing chord with Erling Haaland and the partnership they enjoy on the pitch is, is fantastic now yes he was around last season but he only made a handful of starts he did he did come off the bench like 15 times or something yeah. But when when is his breakout? Like, I'm just trying to figure it out. Like, he scored that unbelievable goal in the Pokal. I think it was against Werder Bremen really early on in that first season. Was that his breakout moment? Like, I, was it when he got an assist against PSG in the Champions League round of 16? Like, I, I just, I couldn't put my finger on when the moment was. And he may have suffered from just being, I don't know, he was bubbling for too long.
3: Yeah. Is, Ultimately, I mean. we knew about those two, didn't we, going into the season? And we knew that there was potential that they would break out. Whereas I think, just quickly thinking through the players that you just listed as your five, wouldn't really have spoken to them. If you were to say, these are the five that you need to know about for this season, possibly Musiala, you would have said. But I don't even know. And, you know.
2: Yeah, Pedri, Musiala, Wamangatuka, Melier, and Smithrow. If someone says to me at the start of the season, these five players are going to be unbelievable, I go, that is a stretch. Exactly.
3: Whereas if you just put Bellingham and Rayner in it, you'd be like, well, yeah, of course.
0: Uh, yeah. You know, one, I think anyway. You. I've got one for you, Sam, um, mm. that I think probably should have been in contention. And that is Nuno Mench from Sporting. Oh, um, uh, yes, of who course. has cemented himself as, you know, their starting left back with the departure of, of Marcus Acuna, for Sevilla, uh, 18 years old. And we're now talking about, what, someone who's genuinely challenging Rafa Guerreiro, who I believe is one of the world's best left-backs for a Portugal national starting spot. And given the season that he's had, I would start Nuno Mendes at the Euros this summer for Portugal at 18. And I think that's a breakout because he only yeah. made his debut on the 12th of June last year. And now <laughs> he's, he's sporting starting left-back. That's, that's a really good one.
2: Uh, and it, it's, 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 it's about coming from, from absolutely nowhere to doing something. Um, and there's another another defender that I had, which whose, whose case wasn't strong enough to get into the list. But I did want to mention talk about coming from absolutely nowhere to doing not as much as these players. But he's done something is Pierre Kalulu at Milan because he hadn't made a senior appearance before this season. And he's 20 years of age. Milan bought him from Lyon's reserves, having not made the step up. And he's made like 15 starts this season across Serie A and across the Europa League. He's played right back. He's played centre back. He's a really good player. He just hasn't quite made that level of impacts that would have had to get him into the top five. But I did mm. want to point him out as someone who has all of a sudden become a footballer mm. when this time last year he, he really wasn't.
0: Talking of Rossoneri, is Jens Petter had too much high level experience? They just didn't trust him enough, did they? He hasn't. It's uh, so annoying. I mean, he, he has obviously... also made 112 senior appearances for, <laughs> before he joined Milan. So there is that element. Yeah, of it. yeah. So, I uh, think I'm um, not sure if that's too much, but it, obviously it was a lot of it was for Berdar Glimp. So I'm not sure many people will have will have been watching Jens pet. So when he joined Milan, I don't think many people had heard of him.
2: No, that's right. Yeah, I, I think he ended up being ruled out on those bases and a couple of other names just to throw in, Sasha Kalajic uh, at Stuttgart. Mamangatuka's one, one, teammate is definitely broken onto the scene this season there's a there's a different kind of case for western McKenney who's done like another breakout uh curtis jones uh someone that jack hates and has said on record hate
0: curtis jones can we <laughs> stop this this is not a narrative that i'm getting on board with do not hate curtis
2: jones and um someone who's made an absolutely tremendous leap is esri concert but again all of these cases i think were not as strong as my top five and they're not as strong as nuna mensch either at all
0: yeah uh, yeah i mean there's potentially a case of Pedro Neto. Um, Neto, yeah, interesting one.
2: I mean, I wonder if he was just a little bit too visible. Yeah, maybe. Also, see, he, he did his knee. He's out for yeah, six months. It wasn't months.
0: great. wasn't oh, great. Didn't man. enjoy that. Didn't enjoy that at all. Um, it does, however, make um, Fernando Sanchez's selection process for the Euros a little bit easier because it he does, was going to yeah. have to leave someone big out. And now that problem is solved for him. I mean, I don't mean that you know, with any malice. Um, that it's, it's a real shame that, that Pedronetto is out because he's had some season uh, and he's been, I would say, Wolves' most consistent player, if I'm being perfectly honest. Oh, yeah. Um, I
2: mean, yeah. And also just to uh, just pour one out for Wolves, who in the space of one week have had two players downed by ACL injuries because Johnny's torn his other ACL. Again,
0: poor old Johnny.
2: I mean, so t- he's only been back about a month and a half. So yeah, a really sad one for Wolves. Neto, so and John. brutal
0: injury, Gabamin back for 18 days and back out for the rest of the season. See well, the rest I of guess. the season, to be
2: fair, is only about a month.
0: It's still though. <laughs> like, no, it's that tough. That man it's has tough not played him. any senior football for like two years. It's tough. Yep. He's a he's a broken man. But alas, right, we should probably move on to our final part. But thank you, Sam. That was a that was that was an. And well god done that. Mate. it was good it thank was you weird. I didn't disagree with too much of it although I would have had you know, in a
2: yeah but we're gonna um, we're gonna stop the recording we're gonna gawk away and I'm gonna be walking around my garden or
0: something like that oh my god I've forgotten
2: a massive thing <laughs> when I
0: put this list up on Twitter tomorrow someone's gonna be like what about X and you're gonna be like oh no oh. it's gonna be a proper shocker
2: <laughs> but there are so many breakouts we celebrate them all but these exactly. are the ones that I, I remembered we just
0: <laughs> love football we'll see you after the break <laughs> Hello, this is John Grills from Creepy. Wanna see something scary? Shudder is the ultimate streaming service for fans of horror, thrillers, and the supernatural. Brought to you by AMC Networks. Shudder is a premium streaming service that promises its members a multi-sensory dive into fantastical worlds. All uncut and commercial free. Discover films and series that cover the entire horror spectrum, including highly anticipated new releases like The Boy Behind the Door and one of my new favorite movies, Psycho Gorman. Available ad-free, on demand, and through the platforms you're already on. Shudder. So good, it's scary. Sign up at
1: Shudder.com. That's S-H-U-D-D-E-R.
2: Fair play and fair value. It's what playing at William Hill is all about. William Hill. It's who you're playing with. Gamble responsibly.
0: Welcome back to the final part of Ranks FC. And Dean Jones, it's time for my favourite part of the week.
3: It's time for Melon of the Week. This week's Melon of the Week is Grimsby striker Stefan Payne. Do you know about this, lads? This is rogue. Let's go. No, I don't know this. Stefan Payne could be banned for the rest of the season after headbutting his own team, mate. <laughs> Yeah, he was He was sent off after assaulting his mate, mate, <laughs> uh, Philippe Murray uh during uh, grimsby's one nil defeat at bradford um they basically had a bit of a confrontation on the pitch and I mean, it wasn't a full-on head he didn't it wasn't like what you'd expect outside a bar and a brawl like he didn't like lean back and whack him but he's gone head to head with him pushed his head into him he's got a red card he's getting banned for at least three games um supporters of grimsby I've literally been contacting the club, telling them to rip up his contract. They never want to see him play again. <laughs> and the manager said, um, we'll have to wait and see what, what kind of suspension you get. But um, yeah, he said, I have to contemplate now what to do next and whether I play him for the rest of the season or not is something that's going to come into my thinking. Um, you just can't defend something like that. <laughs> no, you can't. It was ridiculous, lad. And that is an absolute melon.
0: Yeah, melon, melon. yeah. Um. yeah. Very difficult to disagree, really. (laughs) little
2: little side note, actually, for for those that maybe weren't following football at the time. But do you remember when Newcastle had two players sent off for fighting each other? Yeah, Yeah, Bowyer and Dyer. It was uh, Bowyer and Dyer, yeah. Uh, They were Mm. playing against Villa at the time. It was at St. James's Park. And they started, they just had a scrap. And the ref sent both of them off. So Newcastle played a game with nine men.
3: Yeah, that was a proper fight. This wasn't quite as good as that, I've got to say. Like... They weren't even melons. That was funny. That was good, <laughs> that was good entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Warren would pay
0: for that. Yeah, exactly. In fact, I think he probably tried at one point. Eddie Hearn was like, "Reckon we could, reckon we could just set them up." But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, alas, right. <laughs> That's the gibberish alarm, Sam. It's time for the gibberish rankings
2: yeah i must the must have been inspired by last week's outside submission ranking our smiles which i'm still buzzing about because i was number one we've got another outside submission and this one is so bizarre it just felt too good not to use so a round of applause please for chief a-league correspondent and good friend of the pod joe gallagher along with fellow ranks listener sean anderson who have sent me something quite remarkable And you guys know Joe, so you know when I say that, this is going to be quite interesting. Yes. They have ranked, between them, every single team in the Premier League and the Football League. So all 92 of them, based on, (laughs) and I quote, the combined usefulness of the items shown on their club badges. (laughs) and what they've done is I they've re- you're not going to read out the 92 here. you're already no, going to give no, us a no. top three or whatever I've seen, I've, well i'm going to talk through some of the interesting bits Fine. um but yeah basically what they've done is they've reordered the entire football pyramid position one to position 92 and put all of the teams in their finishing positions based on this criteria so we'll start at the very bottom i'm going to pick out a few as we go Fulham, would imagine. I'm very sad to say that Fulham have been relegated out of the Football League into non-league. There's yeah. nothing
0: on our there's nothing on our crest apart of an FFC. There is literally <laughs> nothing of use. It turns out that having
2: zero items on your club badge was a huge mistake. And you're joined by MK Dons, Stoke, and QPR. So all four of those teams have been turfed out to non-league. Very sad indeed.
0: At least we still get the derby against QPR. That's good.
2: So Cheltenham and Colchester are among those getting promoted into League One. They finish uh, top of League Two. And they both just have a bird on their badge. So we're still at a relatively low bar for youthfulness. But clearly joe and sean masters of this list have decided that some birds are better than others because dropping down into league two from league one are oldham and sheffield wednesday who are just two more clubs with birds on their badges so
0: <laughs> in this list, is it actually better to finish a little bit lower in a promotion spot than it is to finish higher <laughs> in a relegation spot i don't yeah, i
2: mean i mean it's very difficult but ultimately i think what's what's been determined here is that owls are useless whereas the other birds are slightly better yeah. um Congratulations to Port Vale on their promotion to the championship, thanks to what looks like two large pottery vases, a scimitar, and a piece of trellis. So, didn't realise that that would come in such handy. Do you know uh, what Port uh,
1: Vale's
0: nickname is? We can Potters,
3: use this as a good game. Uh, Port Vale's nickname. Mm. Uh, oh. That's annoying. I do, but I can't remember.
0: It's the Valiance.
2: Yes. The Valiants. Okay. Mm. Must be because of that trellis.
3: Yeah. Um, Robbie Williams' team.
2: Right, 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 okay. okay. Uh, Sadly, Rochdale and their strange ceramic dolphin do go the other way in this scenario. Um, Championship, into the playoff spots. Intriguingly, I don't know if this was a cop-out from Joe and Sean, if it was just a coincidence, but every single team that have finished in the championship playoff position have a lion on their badge. Hmm.
0: Uh, So Chelsea, Villa.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, so Middlesbrough as well. Uh, I don't know if it's just a case of who has the best lion actually it's not chelsea sorry it's uh, it's millwall and Salford, borough and villa so may the best lion win between those and then the top two in the championship just more lions but this time i think with lions with more things with them so reading and crew are one and two and they have a crown and i think it's a wreath on mm. crew's badge so reading have a lion and a crown crew have a lion and a wreath so that gives them the edge oh they've got a football as well yeah deserving deserving promotion. We finally reached the Premier League and going down Newcastle, Burnley, Chelsea. So sorry, Chelsea, your lion wasn't good enough, uh, but still was better than some of the other lions that we've seen. Um, (laughs) Forest Green Rovers are off on a European away day. Oh, they got on their badge. Their decision to put a lion in a hat, a unicorn in a necklace and an old football like the leather type ones (laughs) on their badge has paid off big time. Oh, because they' off on, they're on. in the necklace. I think that's what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> and Manchester United joined them. Um, a devil with a pitchfork and a ship will come in handy in those That's slightly, true. slightly yeah. rougher Europa League spots. You never mm. know when you be fair, might that, need a-
0: that. Maybe that should be top. Like, you need a Faustian pact. That
3: is
2: pretty a good. Devil
0: with a pitchfork on your side in most games. And this is- yeah. United just have that, you know, per yeah, se. maybe. Well, look, that
2: brings us to number one. And it is a big congratulations to the champions of the, uh, of the entire football pyramid of England. It's Barnsley, who apparently can do no wrong right now. Their badge consists of two men, one's holding a pickaxe, the other one's holding an iron, a strange dragon-like creature that's holding a dartboard, three more smaller dragons or phoenixes or something, two small pickaxes, two vases, some rocks, some grass, and what is either two crayons or two tampons, and I can't figure out which one it is, <laughs> but altogether they have been, t- that, that, that allotment of items has been deemed the most useful by Joe and Sean.
0: So thank very you good. very much, Joe and Sean, for the ranking. Do you know what Barnsley's is name is? Tykes. tykes. Tykes, yeah. Fantastic. And you know what we learned this week? I thought we could have done Daryl Dykes for the Tykes, but actually not, because Daryl Dykes' name is actually Daryl DK. Yeah.
3: Uh, yeah. And, and do you know what? He's a bit of a breakout star.
0: A mm, little bit, a little bit. Oh. Probably too probably too far away for, to really make no, it. No, it's, it's a good He's, a a good, good he's
3: right pick. in there, you know. Very Up good there job. with Lynn
0: Gardino as a, a breakout, a breakout this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fantastic well yeah thank you to joe and sean that was that was weird but fun and i enjoyed it so so there we are we had yeah. it very very good and that's all we got time for on this week's franks fc what it's <laughs> left for me to do is say thank you very much to sam Tai. cheers mate Thank you very much to Dean Jones.
3: See you on the Discord.
0: I've been Jack Collins. This has been Ranks FC. Thank you so much for listening, Rank squad. As ever, we appreciate it. Please keep sharing the pod with your friends. Invite someone new this week that you think might like listening to all 92 league football clubs ranked in terms of the usefulness of the items on their badges. Um, why not? Why not? Share it with a mate. Let's see if we can keep the Rank squad growing. We'll see you next week. Take it easy. Peace.
2: Fair play and fair value. It's what playing at William Hill is all about. William Hill. It's who you're playing with.
0: Gamble responsibly. Final seconds of the game. A chance to score and the chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, get the MVP you deserve. slash ranks.